yesterday, um, Damien um, prayed something about the 639 or 40 days that we've been together. And he said something that many have said as well, but he said, I'm not the same person as I was when I started. So that, that kind of connected some dots in my head. And I really appreciated that. Um, There's a yearning for God's working, even in our midst here that is increasing. Um, Those of you who have been on since the beginning know that this prayer group is different, even not just individually different, but the intensity of it and the focus of it. Um, It hasn't drifted as Stephen was um, um, pondering yesterday, but I think the intensity and the focus of it has, has increased toward um, uh, definitely the, if there was ever, if there was ever any plastic praying, that's all gone. Okay. That's burned off Uh, trying to impress people with our praying. That's, that's gone uh, to the glory of the Lord. So there is a, there is a working of the Lord in our midst. And so I want to direct us to one verse of scripture in Proverbs 13, Proverbs 13 and verse 12. Uh, I don't know if you have verses like this or not, but after my wife and I were engaged to be married some 38 years ago, I guess now, um, um, after we were engaged, this verse came up in our devotions together and um, became kind of our dating verse, our engagement verse. So the uh, and this is not the primary application of this verse, but it was to us at that point. So the the scripture says in Proverbs thirteen twelve, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. And this is a verse that's used often in many situations, different con- different situations. It's kind of a, one of those verses that can be used in in a lot of counseling and encouragement. And but uh, we used it as a one of these days the engagement period is going to be over and we're going to be married. That's the hope deferred. And uh, our hearts are sick, uh, lovesick, if you will. And then one of these days we are going to be buried. It's going to be a tree of life. And uh, indeed it has been. But um, that's not the, that was not in the heart of the author in this regard. But think of this. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. So there's a desire. There's a sincere and earnest and zealous desire. And that desire almost seems to be increasing because the heart is becoming more and more sick, if you will. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. It's, it's a desire that's unfulfilled. And we're praying for revival. We're praying for the advance of the kingdom of heaven through an awakening. It's unfulfilled. As far as we know, um, there hasn't been what we've often prayed for of a, a worldwide or even a localized um, revival that's been documented and maybe obvious and even um, may we being made aware of it that so um, it's a deferred hope it's a delayed hope and yet in our hearts there seems to be an increased day by day yearning for this I don't know how many times 
I've punched the red button and, and felt, felt like that was one of the most intense prayer meetings I've ever been in. Um, and not wanting to have to close the prayer meeting because the praying is so sweet and so zealous and so yearning for the working of the Lord. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when that desire comes, when it's fulfilled, then it's obviously a gift from God. It is a gift from God. It's what um, the text refers to here as it's a tree of life. And um, we have trees in our yard. We weren't here when they were planted. But um, my understanding is, and I've, I don't think I've ever planted a fruit tree, um, unless some you know kindergarten project that I can't remember. But uh, my understanding is, once you plant a tree, it doesn't bear fruit that year. <laughs> it has to grow before it'll bear fruit. And and maybe these 640 days are the growing of that tree, the tree of life that will be obvious one day, a gift from God will be the answer of our prayer. Hope deferred, make it the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. So we know heart change. That's why we're praying. We know what it is to be redeemed of our sin, to be redeemed of our, our soul redeemed and our sin forgiven and adopted into the family of God. And we don't want to keep that to ourselves. We want others to know that. So um, this, is, this is why when we look at our corrupt world, and I was just outside and I came inside and as I was thinking, I mean, this is going to sound really, really cynical, but maybe more true than not. Um, I'm thinking about the corruption in our governments and the wickedness of leaders. And uh, I'm just wondering if some of these wicked leaders go home at night and ask the devil, what's my next step? And, um, and, uh, and then walk out, not clothed in a pitchfork and a red suit, but clothed in a business suit and, and um, go to accomplish the will of the devil. I mean, that's, um, that sounds very, very, sorted but uh but when we look at our our world yes um we know that the glory fills the whole earth but yet we're living in the nasty now and now and uh we see this but and then we compare our wicked wicked increasingly wicked culture to what god has done in our hearts and we were once part of that culture and now we're not so um and so we look at our lives and we look at our churches and we look at our cultures, even looking at what we understand is coming in heaven, the new heaven and the new earth. And as a result, we have a, we have a holy unrest, a righteous unrest. We are not satisfied until others come to know Jesus Christ as Savior because of what God has done for us. Um, and if you think of revivals, I was talking to this man on the airplane about revivals. He's a historian. He's a, actually a Reformation historian. Uh, he, he left yet today for Geneva, Switzerland. He's going to do some, some Reformation studies. And uh, we started talking about revivals, and uh, we realized that in – in revivals, we almost see a partial fulfillment of that dream. We see heaven 
on earth, we see many, many people coming to an awareness of their sin and running to Christ. And their life is changed, and it's the down payment on what's yet to come in eternity. So it's an unrest. Um, I think it's an increasing desire in our hearts. Uh, even the psalmist, I think, would call it, David would call it a thirst. Um, it's a dissatisfaction. So I don't exactly know how to frame this, except um, I've been pondering this for ever since we left the prayer time yesterday. Um, maybe, maybe we could ponder it as could we pray for an increasing unrest, even our own souls. Pray that when we pray, we know we're praying like Baxter used to say, I'm, I'm going to pray like I'm going to preach like I don't think I'll ever preach again. I'm going to preach as a dying man to dying men. Maybe we ought to be praying as we often are, but just as a challenge, praying as if this is the last prayer meeting that God will ever hear us pray. And, um, and it's up to us. We know that's not the case, but, but praying zealous prayers, pray, even praying for an increasing dissatisfaction, a holy unrest. We don't watch a lot of television, but um, um and I'm not opposed to television. I'm just saying this. We don't watch a lot of network television. And uh, but this time of year, leading into the Christmas season, there's a lot of advertisers that are trying their dead level best to make you dissatisfied with your life so that when you buy their gadget, you're going to be happy. Um, that's not what God does. And yet, maybe through our praying, God can make us increasingly restless in our sin are increasingly restless in our complacent churches and drive us to him in prayer. And maybe we could pray that our churches would be increasingly dissatisfied with the status quo. This is um, an intense desire that we would pray in the working of the Lord. So there's actually two sides to this. There's the unrest of our part, but then we have to defer or get to defer to the wisdom of God, because evidently 640 days maybe has been more about change in us than change in our culture. So um, God's will has to be accomplished, and we have to be patient, and we have to wait. Even as we wait in thirst for God to work, we are working for God, that which is out of our control, but when it comes, it will be a tree of life. It will be a tree of life. And um, so maybe I've been, I've just been doing a lot of pondering as I've been doing other things, thinking about our prayer group here. Maybe one of the reasons it's 640 days into it is God knows that we need more work in our own hearts. And he's bringing, he's going to bring forth fruit as a result of our laboring and increasing in zeal. And if that's the case, then praise the Lord. Um, we need God to unsettle us, to unsettle us, to make us dissatisfied with anything but Jesus. That's what Stephen was talking about yesterday. Dissatisfied with anything but Jesus, with anything but glory, with anything but heaven ahead of us. So um, two verses, two passages of scripture that are very familiar. But as I thought of these things and then I pondered these texts, they took to me, they took on a new flavor, a new nuance of intensity, if you will. So Matthew chapter 
6 and verse 9, this is the beginning of what we often call the Lord's Prayer or the model prayer. But um, our Lord says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Can you, can you hear the zeal, the intensity as he's telling us this is how to pray? This is not just recite these words and hopefully you'll get them in the right order and people will be happy with, with how you prayed in a congregation. No, this is, this is intense. Our Father, desperate, desperate. They're, you're the only one we have to turn to. Our Father who art in heaven, we adore you. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. God, this earthly kingdom is sick. It's wicked. It's apart from you. We need your kingdom to come, and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I sense an unrest that we should have as we pray this. And then Psalm 63, 1, I've quoted this many times. It's a favorite of mine, but, oh, God. You are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Holy unrest. My flesh faints for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Let's pray for a holy unrest in our culture and our churches, even our own souls, and understand God's working, even if we can't see him working, and look for the day of the fulfillment of that desire and pray to that end.